With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Open our first home football game since the SWAC championship game in 2019. Good to be back at home. Good to have a win and get back in the win column. Glad you can join us, however way you might be checking it out. Here on 91.7 WPRL, the flagship station of the Braves Sports Radio Network, WMISWTYJ in Natchez, NatchezRadio.com. You can give us a call, 601-877-6595, 601-877-6595. You can text a question, 601-348-7254. And you can tweet a question. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. I'm also on Facebook, Charles Edmond. Glad you can join us here on this Monday. Got some weather to deal with here as we've got another tropical system headed our way. And uh, rain, rain, rain starting right now and over the next few days as we get ready for South Alabama coming up. A team that's 2-0, and a team that's going to throw the ball all over the yard. We've dealt with two primary running teams the first couple of games, but now we're going to see a team that's going to sling it all over the place. How will we defend that? We'll talk about that a little bit later. So give us a call. Join the conversation. Join the Fred McNair Radio Show here on this Monday night here on Facebook, as well as WPRL 91.7, WPRL.org, also 97.7 FM, WMIS, 1240 AM, WTYJ, Fayette Natchez, and Natchez We'll take a break. We'll come back after this one-minute timeout. We'll get it started with Braveshead football coach Fred McNair. We'll be right back. COVID-19 has changed how we stomp the yard and feel the beat. How we stroll. How we step. How we show our pride. Now it's time to take the first step that lets us get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts. As COVID-19 vaccines become available, you may have questions. Is it safe? Should I get it? Is it free? It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts about COVID-19 vaccines at GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your family. We are live here on the beautiful campus of Alcorn State University here on the flagship station of the Braves Sports Radio Network. WPRL and WPRL.org. Glad you can join us here. Charles Edmund with Braves Head Football Coach Fred McNair of the Fred McNair Program. Coach Fred McNair and the Braves coming off a big win over Northwestern State, the first meeting between these two teams on the football field since 1983. Coach, congratulations on the win. Thank you, Charles. It was a great win, um, you know, just for the, the morale of the players and the coaching staff that – uh, put together a good game plan for, for this uh, good Northwestern football team. Uh, I think Brad Learn did a great job uh, with that program down at North, uh, Northwestern um, and bringing in a good football club to, to compete. Uh, this was the first meeting between these two teams since 1983, a couple of meetings uh, in, that, in that era. This win was a big win for a lot of different reasons. Number one, getting off the schneid, getting off the deck, getting a win. But, you know, for me, and, you know, as a, being here as long as I've been here, I've been a part of two playoff, FCS playoff appearances. Now, back in the day, it was 1AA, as you know. Now it's the FCS, Football Championship Subdivision. A lot of folks on the uh, FCS Fan Nation on Facebook and Twitter saying, all right, Alcorn, here you go. You know, SWAC champs, Celebration Bowl appearance. Let's see how we do. Let's see how you guys do against a quality FCS team. And this team that we saw on Saturday, Northwestern State, 
ran for 261 yards against a quality North Texas team. And through the first half, it was kind of nip and tuck. They they fumbled the ball at the 11-yard line of North Texas. That could have changed momentum. So this was a quality team that we were facing. And it was, Charles. And if you look at the stats where they rushed uh, so well uh, against other teams and, and coming in uh, to play us, and I think that Coach Tartan and his staff did a great job of uh, – of hovering around uh, Scoot Adams uh, to get him down uh, to the turf. Um, you know, he had 18 carries for, for 63 yards. And, you know, uh, just for those guys to be able to contain that rushing game that uh, Northwestern presented uh, says a lot about uh, what this conference can do outside of the conference uh, as far as playing the FCS teams. And uh, we talked about it a little bit this morning on the uh, SWAC um, conference call this morning about the, the, the SWAC competing against the out-of-conference teams uh, such as the B, the FBS and the FCS uh, Power Five team. So, uh, just to say a lot about what we do in this conference, man, and it's um, it, it's less to say about not only what we do in this conference, but here at All Corner as a coaching staff uh, to put on a great product, put on a great brand of football against a great football program as in Northwestern State. So, um, my hats off to these young men to play such a such a outpouring game and. Um, they gave up every fiber of their body to, to compete, uh, to get this outcome. It was a chess match. It was nip and tuck, no question about it. So let's uh, let's look at uh, some of these first quarter highlights. It was it was kind of you know slow going there for the first part of the first quarter. We were able to score first, coach, on a Christopher Thompson forty yard field goal with eight fifty six left. Talk about trying to feel this team out defensively. What was the challenge as, as you saw this defensive unit? They did a whole lot of different stuff. We we, we haven't been used to seeing in the secondary with the rotation of the uh, the safeties and, and what they do present to us as far as uh, pressure-wise. But I think that once we filled them out, we got a, got a kind of a peg on what they were going to do to us. Uh, as far as the second half goes, we came out with a little more spark. Um, I think that Coach Ratton did an excellent job of, of play calling. Um, which he's a very outstanding uh, offensive coordinator. Um, and just to get the, the, the idea of what they was going to present the second half, uh, kind of stayed with it, and we kind of worked through things as, as far as the play call. We scored first on a 12-play, 68-yard drive. We led 3 to nothing. Talk about Thompson and the job he's done kicking field goals. He had a miss against North Carolina Central, but comes right back here at home with a 40-yarder. Just the idea of trusting the kicker, um, Charles, and, and what he can do. Uh, he's done a great job throughout the course of camping there and just kicking the ball and, and putting it in place. I think we still got to work on some of his ball placement where we need the ball on kickoff, and he knows he knows that. Uh, but he did an excellent job of, of getting the kick up and getting it through the great operation. Uh, Coach Ratton did a great job of protecting the, the kick, and the operation with kick was good. So a good start for us. And then Northwestern State late in the first quarter came back. Uh, Caleb Fletcher, an 18-yard pass from uh, to Price. And it was a 75-yard drive, taking up 253 on the clock, Coach. Uh, talk a little bit about that. You know, I, you know one of the pass play was a breakdown in coverage, and that, that gave, a, gave a little spark there, so uh, unable to, to get him down and, and not allow him to score. But, you know, the defense bounced back after that, uh, play, played a little stinger. Uh, up front, they put a lot of pressure on him. So uh, give us an opportunity to get some sacks and um, and kind of break up in coverage in the back end. It was 7-3. He actually caught that coach with one hand. Yeah, he did. <laughs> very, very, very impressive, Charles. Yeah, that was a good one-handed catch there. 7-3. to three, He caught it with the left hand as well. Did you think there was some contact there? Well, I mean, you know <laughs> – it probably was a little bit, Charles. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, but we, we we can't we can't make those calls. And you know, I, my job is to to administrate the the game as well as I can to manage it, and uh, just stay on the fish as much as I can to to get some consistency out of them. So um, I think we did a great job of doing that and, and making sure that thing was right. And, I mean, you look at the penalties. Um, we was four for twenty five yards, and they were eight for seventy. Um, so. You know, we cut down on our mistakes since the first ball game. That's a big improvement for us. 7-3, to three, our score at the end of the first quarter. All right, now we're going to go to the phone lines here. We had some firm phone line quirks a couple of weeks back, and let's see if we got that straightened out here. I think J.J.'s on the line. J.J., good evening. Are you there? Yes, sir. How you doing? Oh, we got it going. J.J., good to hear your voice. Good evening. How are you? How you doing, Coach? I'm doing good, man, I guess, you know. Um, all I can say is, um, welcome to Mobile. 
And we so appreciate it, man. We praise you. We so appreciate it. Hopefully, we'll be coming on there. To... Uh, I uh, was at the first game, and now I'm at the third game. So I'm, you know, trying to make it a little consistent. I tell you what, we appreciate every opportunity that you get just, to, to show up, man. I just uh, like what you're doing, and I I like this team. You know, I know we're a little young up front, but we're getting we get a little better. That's one thing I told the guys at halftime. This coach, we, we don't make excuses; we find solutions. Oh, sorry. oh I'm sorry, coach. You good? Well, JJ, do, do you have a question? Yes, sir. For you, uh, tall man. Okay. What is uh, the MIAC going to do? Um, in terms of the new teams that are going to come in. Uh, it's going to come into the MIAC or the teams from the MIAC yes, coming into the SWAC. Um, based on what uh, I uh, the new teams that are going to that's going to come into the MIAC. Um, I don't have any any idea at this point. Um, the people that I've talked to on that side of it, um, they are kind of quiet-lipped about it, and I can understand that. I mean, when North Carolina A&T went to uh, the Big South from the MEAC, it was quiet until it actually happened, until the presidents approved it and it got out. So I, I, I think that because of the privacy of it all, you know, want stuff getting out. I don't have any idea in terms of well, who's going to join the MEAC. Uh, I really don't have any clue. Okay. Well, uh, I will see y'all Saturday, and I'm happy. Good luck. All right, JJ, thank you. We appreciate Good you luck. calling in. All right, we'll take a break right here. Our producer, Jamario Brooks, you can call in, 601-877-6595. Coach, that tells us that we got our phone line issues fixed. I was holding my breath just trying to go through all the, as they say in football, all the checks and the progressions. I was trying to go through all of that, and uh, it looks like it, it worked out. So give us a call, 601-877-6595, and uh, give us a tweet if you would like. I'm on Twitter, Tall Man Radio. And a text, 601-348-7254. We will take a time out here. We will be right back after this. You don't fight fair, so we'll just fight harder. We didn't come here to play around. You're going down. Honestly, I hate you. I'm stronger than you. I'm more determined than you. We're going to beat you, cancer. Because the American Cancer Society is on our team. And together, we're unstoppable. My name is John Calipari. I'm Roy Williams. I'm Jim Behan. I'm Tubby Smith. And I'm a coach versus cancer. Coach Fred McNair on the Fred McNair program. No scoring in the second quarter, Coach, so we go into halftime 7-3. to three. Give us your thoughts on the first half. I thought we played uh, played decent in the first half, Charles, and uh, I thought we missed some opportunities there on um, on some big plays uh, coming up um, in that first half. You know, just going into halftime um, with a 7-3 deficit, you know, um, kept the game close. I think the defense did a great job of, uh, of st making stops when they had to. Uh, the first half and uh, just being able to compete, uh, you know, going into halftime and making sure the guys understand uh, we just got to come out and play 30 more minutes of football. And, you know, the pregame speech was uh, we don't make excuses, we find solutions. Uh, and I think that's what we did as a coaching staff, find a way to, to win this ball game in the second half. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Marquise joining us as always. Good evening, Marquise. How are you? How you doing, Charles? Doing well. How you doing, Coach Floyd? All right, Marquise, how you doing, man? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm glad y'all won. Y'all won that game. Yes, sir. I am too, Marquise. Yeah, and uh, I know we in the west in the west division. That's exactly correct. Yeah, and uh, that was that was a good game y'all had uh, in, in Atlanta. 
Oh, yeah. We just couldn't quite pull that one out, Marquise. And uh, we kind of try to get better the next two weeks to get ready for this home game. So I think that's what we did. We got better throughout the process of the opening week lead up into this game uh, Saturday. And so the kids was up for the challenge, and we got better. Oh, okay. Marquise, Marquise, do you have a question? Yes. uh, uh, Are we still going to be number number one in in, the swag with? I don't know right now, Marquise. We haven't played any SWAT games yet, and um, uh, hopefully our team is up for the challenge to be that number one spot uh, in the West, Marquise. That's where that's where our ultimate goal is, and that's where our challenge is going to come from. So uh, we just got to be the best uh, in the West once we go and start playing in the conference. All right, Marquise. Uh-oh. Thank thank you very much. We got some other calls coming in. We appreciate you calling in. Okay. 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 All right. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. All right. Let's get into the third quarter, Coach. Uh, in that third quarter, another field goal uh, by Thompson of 24 yards. And at that point, uh, it was, when you look at the game, it was 10 to 3 and then 10 to 6. We had a situation, Coach, in the second half in which we had Northwestern backed up in a punting situation, and we were called for uh, two number 10s on the field. Cedric Tillman reported that. And uh, some people were asking about it and questioning it. Explain how that all went down. Cedric wasn't supposed to say that. He wasn't supposed to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, that, that, was, that, was, that was my coaching fault there. Um, we had a defensive back end with a number 10 on. Um, yeah. And we had to put the uh, return guy, which is number 10 as well. And uh, I wasn't aware that we had the defensive back end on that play. And uh, that was totally my, my mistake uh, to, 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 to do something that, was, that, that hurt us to give him a first down. So, you know, um, in the future, you know, we have we got enough, we got a lot of kids out this time, and we have to do double numbers, uh, defense and offense. That's a good thing, uh, having so many kids out for this for this year. Um, so we had to double the numbers up. Uh, so we had two number tens on the field, and that gave a five yard penalty um, for first down. So my totally my mistake on that part, um, not just really knowing that the, the defensive back was in with the number ten on. So you can have two duplicate numbers, but they can't be on the field at the same time. That's exactly right, Charles. And, and you know, me just not, just not, my wig's not on right. So I'm doing a whole lot of stuff on the sideline and not recognizing that. So that was my, my total deal. And what we did, we went punt safe. And punt safe, the defense stays on. If we go go put, uh, punt return, then number 10, the D-back wouldn't be on the field. So that was my total screw up. They're leaving them on the field. So I take the blame for that one. I, but I'm just glad that the defense stepped up and, and continue to make stops during the course of that series. 10-3, to 3, our score going into the fourth quarter. Another call coming in. Uh, a lot to talk about here on the Fred Bicknair program. Let's go back to the phone line. Cedric Foster, my first visit with Cedric Foster down in uh, Tallahassee. Is that where you are, Cedric? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's where I am. And, uh, hey, Coach, how you doing? I'm doing good, Cedric. Yeah, Um I think you answered that answer one of my questions uh, about the the mishap uh, with the two you know two guys with number ten on. Believe me, I think my neighbors in Tallahassee heard me. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. <laughs> but I'm going to um, get a uh, couple of people. It's a few Alkanites in Tallahassee, so we're going to me and the wife because my wife is a graduate. All one, and we're gonna we're gonna get on I ten and head on the mobile for this big game. Uh, but coach, I I do want to ask you first. I want to give a, some kudos to the defense. They 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 hung in there. Uh, defensive coordinator Cedric, boy, I'm telling you, he did a fantastic job. And uh, because I, they could have they could have just went down because you know sometimes when the offense don't click and. And, and and the defense sometimes they just say, well, man, they ain't playing hard enough. But I but I want to give the uh, defense uh, some kudos. But coach, I do want to ask you on that last play uh, that one of those plays. I think it was a bomb. I could see it, but I could listen to it. Looked like it was about like a forty yarder. Did you call that, coach? 
<laughs> no, the offensive coordinator called level. And I leave, oh, I, I leave the play call up to him. And I, what I try to do, I try just try to manage the game the best way I can. And uh, if they need if they need help in some situations, you know, they ask for my opinion. But most of the time, these guys are point on the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator. They're point on for what they see and what their coach doing a week of practice. So. Uh, my job is just to oversee those guys and making sure those guys got what they need to, to be successful as coordinators and as staff. So, you know, I just overlook that. And when those guys make decisions, I'm, I'm behind them 100%. Uh, and they know that. So I stick behind those guys in, in every aspect of the game. So um, in case they need a timeout, I'm there to give them a timeout. So, um, but those guys, they work diligently together uh, with this football program and this team. You know, it's a being on break. And I, I promise you, uh, defense don't point a finger at the offense, and offense don't point a finger at defense. These guys play together as a team, and a special team as well. So uh, when stuff like that happens, uh, it's going to happen. You know, one, one, one group playing lights out, and the other one kind of sputtering a little bit. But these guys, they don't, they don't point fingers. They get together, and they rally behind each other. So um, that's one thing I like about this program and what we instill in these young men uh, to do during the course of a football game. Uh, we don't point fingers. We cheer each other on, and we get together, and we rally behind each other. Well, okay then, Coach. I, I, that, that's a great thing there. Well, boy, boy, I'm going to tell you the truth. That was a gutsy, the offensive coordinator, that was a gutsy call because, you know, <laughs> me, I was thinking, I said, okay, they're going to get first downs and just play ball possession. But, you know, when you have that shot, you have to go after it, and uh, you got it. So that was a good win. And the only thing – the only thing I do want to say this to you, Coach, tell the guys they can knock off uh, South Alabama. They can do it. If Jacksonville State can knock off Florida State, <laughs> we can do the same thing, too. Exactly, okay, Coach. Exactly right, Cedric. And uh, go break. That's right. All right, Cedric Foster, we appreciate you calling in. It has been uh, – it, it has been um, – it has been a minute since we've heard from Cedric Foster. All right, we're going to take a break here. A lot to talk about here, including that fourth quarter in which the Braves rallied and wanted a big play, set it up, and Felix Harper finished it off, and the Braves defense got it done. We'll talk all about the fourth quarter. We appreciate the calls, J.J., as well as Marquise and Cedric Foster. Glad you can join us, however way you might be checking us out, whether it's on Facebook, on social media, on Twitter, and on the radio. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Once you get to Alcorn, it's kind of like there's a place for everybody. I fell in love with the people. Overall, I just, I, I love the experience, whether it's personal, whether it's in education. Anywhere you turn, there's always a helping hand. People just going up and asking you, hey, are you new? Are you lost? You know, and taking an interest. I would tell students if they want to be challenged, to learn and grow and be in an environment that is nurturing in a place where they're not just a number, where people know you by name, then I would tell them to come to Alcorn. Don't worry, the 74 people were picked before me in the NFL draft. To fight childhood obesity, United Way and the NFL are helping kids play at least 60 minutes a day. Okay, time for the team obstacle course. Yay! What this place needs is more healthy kids. To get involved or donate, go to unitedway.org play 60. Now I get it. Back here on the Fred McNair program, glad you can join us, whether on social media, watching and or listening, however way you might be checking us out. As we recap the uh, Northwestern State game, we'll preview South Alabama coming up. Coach, you talked about the two number 10s, and I don't know if, if you agree with this or not, but they were backed up after that. And I thought from that moment, and maybe just me, but I thought from that moment on, our defense kind of picked it up a little bit we we held them in check but it seemed like from that and the two number tens when that happened seemed like things changed and our defense really elevated am, am i wrong on that no you're exactly right charles and, and you know it just it just it just kind of hurt me because i got that penalty uh for not knowing uh those guys on the field at the same time and, and i had to call the defense back out that's a very important stop and a punt situation you know uh just for those guys to get back on the field but you know, that did not bother those guys one bit, Charles. It seemed like they picked it up after that and, and did what they had to do to get back off the field. You know, that's the biggest thing uh, we talked about through the course of the week, getting off the field on third downs, you know, and, and uh, making big plays, and which they did. Uh, and my hat's off to those guys and, and Coach Thornton and that staff were doing such a great job of, of pulling me out, you know. So um, 
and in the course of that game, um, you know, those guys fought. They 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 strained every fiber of their body to get this win. Well, it was a nip and tuck game going into the fourth quarter. Christopher Thompson's 24-yard field goal made it 10 to six. That was a six-play, 44-yard drive. And then we got the football with about six minutes left. Manny Flash Jones. They call him Flash for a reason, Coach. He had a couple of catches, and then he had the biggest catch of the night setting us up. Talk about that play in the fourth quarter. Yeah, just to bounce back off of the previous play that we were in the third quarter, I think it was the third quarter, we had a catch and a run, and he fumbled the ball. Just for him to bounce back off that charge and, and go down the field and make this big catch, uh, the biggest catch of the night, I call it, and uh, and put us in position to, to get down in the red zone and uh, and get a score out of that. That was a big catch for him. And then that, uh, with that catch, that set it up. And then Felix Harper, it was tough sledding in there. I mean, third and goal from the one or two, and Felix Harper found a scene. He did. And uh, that's, like I said, that's a stingy defense, man. They they play hard. They play stingy. They don't give up too much. And, uh, and Felix was able to squeeze, a, squeeze through a gap and get in the end zone and to put us up uh, 12 to 10 with the kick. It was good. Uh, give us 13-10 lead. That drive started at our eight-yard line with eight minutes and 21 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Ten plays, 92 yards, 410 time of possession. How many times have we been able to put a long drive together in the fourth quarter, whether to win a game or seal a game at home? We, we've done that quite a bit, haven't we? Yes, we have, Charles. <laughs> and that's, 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 you don't want to do that too often. <laughs> you know, to drive 92 yards with ten plays, but you know that, that just to show you, uh, on third downs, and, and we were making up the big plays, you know, so uh, we was able to stay on the field, uh, didn't give up a punt, and get in the score, and after that, you know, the defense came back, and we made a play, made a pick, and sealed the game. Yeah, and then the defense sealed it up. You know, I, I was talking during the broadcast, I talked with Cedric Thornton one day, a couple of years ago, and I don't know if it's the case now, but he, I remember him telling me he doesn't even look at the scoreboard. He, he knows that the defense has to get a stop regardless of what the score is. You all talk a lot. Is that is that still the case? I, I think it is. And, you know, you know this guy, you know, he, he shoots from the hip, man. He, he knows what he's doing on the defense during the course of the week. You know, I sit there and I watch him, you know, call the defense out in practice and, and how – accurate he is with the plays and just putting the kids in the position to make the plays. Only thing they got to do is go to the spot. Uh, he called the right play. Just go to the spot. It is going to be a pick or you're going to make a tackle. Yeah. You know, that's what I, I talked to the kids about this morning, you know, not doing their own thing, doing what you're coached to do. You know, uh, a lot of times, you know, the kids get out of position and try to do their own thing then. Uh, but, you know, Coach Thornton, he put them in the right position to make plays. And all they got to do is get to the position and, and, and make the play. The defense was rock solid all game long. How would you assess through the first couple of games? You know, we got off to a great start in Atlanta. The first drive we scored. The second drive we marched down the field, missed a field goal. Then the offense kind of, you know, we got a score in the second half against Central, kind of stalled. And then in this game, so you look at our offense. Was it was it more of Northwestern State's defense or not enough of us? I tell you what, uh, we played good between the. 20 and 20, Charles. We just got to make sure we finish the ball game. As far as the offensive wise, you know, we just got to make sure we finish the game um, inside the red zone. I think we'll get better at that as 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 the year go on. Um, hopefully, the next ball game against uh, South Alabama, we'll we'll improve on that uh, during the course of this week. You know, that's the biggest thing. You know, the next big game is the next game. The next game is South Alabama. We'll look at the uh, numbers when we come back. We'll go inside the numbers, offense and defense. And when we will come right back, we'll get to that after this timeout here on the Braves Sports Network. If I could go back and change it all, I would. I, would. I think I'm going to miss you the most. Sorry. So sorry. I'm so sorry. Maybe it's just a little moment. I could go back and change it all. I could go back. I would. But I
bottom of the hour. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Brave Sports Network. WPRL 91.7 FM, broadcasting from the campus of Alcorn State University. All right, putting our finishing touches on the Northwestern State game. First meeting between these two teams on the football field since 1983. Charles Edmond, Braves head football coach Fred McNair. Coach, you look at the numbers, 326 yards of offense outgained Northwestern State, 326 to 263. You look at running the football, 122 yards on 41 carries. How would you evaluate the running attack minus Anderson, who didn't play on Saturday? Well, I'll tell you what, and, uh, you know, Coach Radden, you know, uh, he does a real good job of uh, coordinating the, the running game. And, you know, we still left a lot out there, Charles. We look at film the next day. There's a lot of stuff we left out there. A lot of yards we left out on the ground in the, in the rushing game. Um, we just got to make sure a lot of, a lot of stuff is just easy fix stuff. Uh, Similar as picking up your feet, running your tracks as a running back, and, and finding the creases. Um, we see a lot, and uh, we still left a lot out there, Charles. We're going to put this thing together. Uh, when we put it together, it's gonna, it won't be nothing nice for for our opponents. So we're just going to continue to grind and, and grind it out, Charles, and do what we have to do to win ball game. Felix Harper, 13 of 23, 204 yards in the game. Some people are concerned about Felix Harper through the first couple of games. They feel like it's not the same Felix Harper that we saw in 2019. Are you concerned? No, not a bit, Charles. I, I see Felix every day, and I think he's going whatever, to, whatever this punk he is, he, he'll come out of it. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Gray does a good job of coaching him up and getting the quarterbacks to understand the process and, and uh, the reading concept of, of the progression and, and, and the way they're supposed to find the receiver. Um, but he, he'll, give, he'll get the right for him, and Felix going to be okay. Leading the way in the receiver uh, category, Manny Jones, Manny Flash Jones, three for 74. Uh, the Charles Pringle, four for 43. You think teams are kind of you're really knowing and respecting what he can do the first couple of games. He's made some catches, you know, the first couple of drives against Central. He was all over the place. You think teams kind of honed in on him, trying try to get him going a little bit. Well, that too, that, that happened to do with the, the quarterback too, with, with the reading of the coverage and, and finding an open guy, you know. And I think that Felix has been doing that so far. Uh, we still got to work on some things, though. Um, but uh, with Charles Pringle, you know, he's going to get his catches. Um, but Manning Jones, he stepped up and made some big catches as well. Defensively, Juwan Taylor, 10 tackles. Solomon Wise, 7 tackles. Edgton, 7 tackles. Heron with 6 tackles. How would you evaluate that? i tell you what, those guys, those guys there is is, um, is pretty good, Charles. I watch these guys work at practice every day. And they full speed, man. And it's a good thing that we're we're doing some of the things that's gonna make us better as a team. Uh, we're doing more good on good now uh, for the fast pace of the of the game. Um, but that's gonna make us better. And these are some outstanding players, along with the other guys on defense too. They defense does such a great job of of, of swarming to the football, uh, making plays. You realize how quality of a win this was playing another team in the FCS, something where that we don't do that often. You know, we played the Southeast Louisiana's years ago. Back in the day, it was Stephen F., it was Sam Houston, it was Samford, you know, playing those teams on, on the FCS level. This was a quality team and a quality win. It was a great, tough team. Like I said, Charles, these, these guys was pretty good, uh, defense and offensively, you know, and the things they did. They had a very speedy guy returning kicks, too, so we were able to contain him. Uh, we let one kickoff get outside up at one time, but, but we made some adjustments on the kickoff team and put some guys in there that contained a little bit better than what we had. Uh, so making those adjustments was a big difference. And, you know, the ball placement was totally different on the punt. So we did a great job of keeping the ball away from him during the course of the punt. Um, you know, this game he averaged 44.2 yards uh, kick on his punt. So uh, I think um, Christoph did a great job of, of kicking the ball uh, where it needed, except for that one time. So we'll take a break here. We'll clear the decks. We'll be right back. We'll get to some text and some tweets and some phone calls. I think Paul Johnson was uh, holding on, so we'll get to him on the other side of this timeout here on the Brave Sports Network. Um, I get the now bar, please? One dollar. Have a good one. Got it. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Let me get a now bar. Sure. One dollar. Appreciate you. Got it.
It's been difficult because I hadn't been able to see my grandchildren. I can't wait to get back to field trips with my school. Not having to think about putting on a mask. I really can't wait to get back to life, really. I miss all my friends. I miss taking pictures in school. An expression on someone's face when you do something nice for them. COVID-19 vaccines are available, and they're the first step to safely getting back to things we miss most. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. 91.7 FM. All right, welcome back to the Fred McNair Radio Show. As we uh, put a capper on the uh, on the game, the big win by the Braves as they take on Northwestern State. Uh, we'll turn our attention to uh, South Alabama. We'll get to that coming up in a moment. All right, Coach. There's a lot of chatter, a lot of talk, a lot of discussion um, over the last six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours. Uh, I drove. I was on campus first thing this morning. I know you all practice in the mornings, and the team didn't practice this morning. I didn't see them on the practice field. So a lot of stuff out there on social media. Uh, what can you tell us about uh, what's what's been happening in, this, in the discussion all over the place here over the last uh, several hours? It has been, Charles. And, you know, the biggest thing is that, 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 that there's such a heartbreaking thing uh, when you have a meeting in the morning time and you talk about uh, such a great win and, and uh, moving on to the next game and, and, and come to find out you can't practice because you don't have athletic trainers on campus. Um, that's that's so deflated. Uh, that's that's really unacceptable for, for me uh, as a football coach, and I'm quite sure that the other coaches feel the same way uh, because they can't practice either. You have to have a, a certified athletic trainer on campus in the building to do these things, and we didn't have one. Um, and and that's, so, that's such a discouraging thing to me uh, that we're not doing a good enough job to bring in somebody of our own to be an athletic trainer here at Alcorn State University to call our own trainer. Um, and it's, it's frustrating uh, to me as a coach that we have to go through this stuff every day uh, about a training situation. Um, married Health, we, they got trainers that they send down here, but they don't belong to us. Uh, understand that they don't belong to us. That, them, those are Married Health. Uh, Fred Wordley, um, he's a Married Health guy. I mean, he belongs to Married Health. He come and help out here, but he's not one of us. We need our own athletic trainer. Whatever we have to do, Charles, to get our athletic trainer, we have to do it. That is a very vital position. That is a very important position uh, to this university and to this athletic program, not only football, but throughout the whole sports nation here at Alcorn State University. We have to bring a trainer in here to accommodate Alcorn State. Uh, Fred Worthy won't be here until Wednesday. Uh, so tomorrow, I'm not promised I'm going to be able to practice tomorrow. And we got a big game that's going to make the university money, and we can't go out, get treatment for these young men and women, and we can't get treatment or rehab on this day and not know what's going to happen tomorrow. And, Charlie, this is, this is, this is, this is something that, that needs to be fixed. Uh, this is an administration issue. I could talk about it all, all the way till, till I turn blue. But this is the administration issue. This got to be fixed. We talk about, you know, you bring people in, you interview them, but we got to be able to pay these folks, man. We got to be able to pay somebody to be an Alcorn State University athletic trainer, and we don't have one. And that's disheartening. I told the players the reason we weren't going to practice this morning because we didn't have a certified trainer, and you could have heard the room. It was bad. It was a bad feeling for me just to be able to tell a guy, I'm not going to sugarcoat nothing with these players. Because these guys trust me and understand this coaching staff that we're going to tell them everything that's going on with this program. I don't keep nothing from these kids. These young men deserve and these young women deserve a whole lot better than what they're getting here. As far as the training, uh, athletic training and all that, they deserve better. This is this is disheartening. And you got a big game coming up. Uh, big, Like you said, a big win. And, uh, you know, your focus is on South Alabama and it's just – it's it's how how tough is this? It is tough, Charles. It is tough to to try to focus in on something that we don't have and something we got to go play. Uh, we finna go play a good South Alabama team. It's gonna be very physical, and I can't get my players back that's that's injured because we don't have rehab. Um, we can't get treatment and things of this nature that these young men need and women's need to get back to playing to the playing service. Um, it, it's, it's it's bad uh, that it has to come out like this, but Somebody got to understand that this can't happen. This needs to be taken care of. This is this is something that we need to take care of, like today. 
because right now, I don't know if I'm going to be able to practice tomorrow. I don't have a certified trainer on campus. Like I said, Fred won't be back till Wednesday. And I think that he let it known last Friday that he wasn't going to be here this week. So that's just like me going out and play a football game, Charles. And I'm going out with one quarterback without a backup. You have to have you have to have a backup plan for this. You have to have a solution. I don't make excuses for this football team, Charles. I try to find a solution for it. I try to find help. And somebody got to get some help here. Now this is this, this is this is very discouraging. And uh, and as a player, they understand. I mean, they can't function like this. This is a sport, and this is a this, this is this is really bad. I mean, uh, that's just the way I feel, Charles. And 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 it's it hurt other coach to to try and tell the young men that they can't practice because they don't have this. You know, we've been through this. We've been through this several times, and and some got to be done about this. Well, we'll take a break right here. We'll be right back here on the Fred McNair Coaches Program. We'll be back. Whether it's advice on managing your anxiety or tools to help you stay grounded, Coping 19 provides a range of resources and self-care tips to help you cope with this pandemic. We can help. Find the resources that work best for you at coping-19.org. Freedom. It's at the core of who we are. The freedom to live without fear. To jog where we please. To wear a hoodie. The freedom to breathe. Before we celebrate the freedom most Americans have, we must fight for the freedom all Americans deserve. Because all lives can't matter until black lives matter. The uh, Fred McNair radio program here on the Braves Sports Network. Charles Edmond here with Braves head football coach Fred McNair. So where does this in terms of preparation, Coach, I mean, you've got you got to deal with Mother Nature, too, because this weather's coming in here, and uh, it's going to be tough to get on the field, and then you have to get ready. So what do you do? What do you say to kind of keep, keep the uh, train on the rails here as you get ready to head to Mobile? You know, the biggest thing, Charles, is a Monday practice is, is, more, is more of a um, get-to-know-your-opponent. Uh, we do a lot of special team stuff in shells. We run down the field, and we make contact. And so anytime we're doing that kind of stuff on the football field, you, you have to have a certified trainer there on the field in the process of doing that. And, uh, you know, we lose a day now uh, because we didn't do that this morning. Uh, we met this morning as a team. Uh, we met in the division and watched it and put this game behind us, uh, Northwestern game behind us. But this afternoon uh, we watched film on, on uh, South Alabama trying to get a game plan for them, uh, not knowing what's going to happen in the morning as far as practice-wise. Um, you know, preparation, it's a big contact sport. Uh, we got to go full pass tomorrow. And without having that, you can't do that. Uh, so right now I'm, I'm in limbo of which way this thing going to go. I don't know. Um, but like I said, you know, we're, we're about to do something that's going to be something special. It's going to play an FB, a FBS team to make money for this university. And we don't have a, a full-time athletic trainer to help our guys get back to the playing field. So that, that that's where we're at. Uh, in preparation, Charles, you know, Tuesday um, is a very, very full day for us, and Wednesday is a full day, and Thursday, you know, it's another full day for us, and Friday we travel. Uh, but you, you take, you eliminate days off of practice and preparation, and you just don't have that time to get ready for an opponent. Um, and that's tough, especially doing the, doing the things that South Alabama's doing. Offensively and defensively, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a, a full week to, to get that, get ready for this game. When you're playing a road game, and we know Fridays and sometimes Thursdays are travel days, of all, the, and I've often wondered this: the way that that you that and your team get ready, which which is the most important day of the week? Now, from what you were saying, uh, Monday, and you all practice in the mornings. Uh, Monday seems to be the most important day, but typically, what is the most important day of the week for a road game, especially a big road game? Well, actually, Monday is a big. It's a big day for us. Actually, Charles, all of them is big for us, man, uh, because we do a lot of things. But but Tuesday, 
uh, it's a it's a it's a mono mono deal. We live contact on Tuesdays and Wednesday, so we full force on on Thursday. We kind of taper off a little bit. Uh, if we got a home game, um, we do perfect Thursday, uh, and call, need special team call out on Friday. If we have a home game, but on Thursday we'll do a perfect Thursday, and Friday we'll get together with travel uh, on Friday going to South Alabama. So um, it's a process, and uh, and and we we have missed out on. On a, on a big practice on Monday uh, due to this. And, um, you know, we got to make sure that we're able to practice tomorrow. Um, you know, <laughs> just just not sure. Well, Coach, the, the Twitter feed is burning up here. Uh, just One Map tweeted, I love it, Coach. We're going to put this thing together, and uh, we're going to do what we need to do. And uh, I'm, we appreciate that coming in. Uh, T.J. Mayfield tweets how does it make you feel that we're able to outrush a northwestern state team without having your starting center i mean it is promising and it's a lot of promising things when you when you're able to outrush a team like northwestern that that can run the football very well and that says a lot about what our defense can do as well charles um it stopped the run and i think uh coach thorne and staff did a good job of hovering uh, scoot Adams up, <laughs> so he couldn't scoot that many yards. Out. Yeah. So that was a good job. But let me just say this, Charles. You know, this is not about Coach McNair. This is not about Coach McNair. It's about the young men's and the young women's that deserve every opportunity to be successful, not only in the classroom, athletic-wise. They deserve this. And you know, when when you can't compete in a sport the way you need to because of your injury and can't get back to it, that's a problem. It's discouraging. This is not about me. I mean, I can care less, but I'm thinking about the young men and women that goes out and compete each and every day uh, to, to make these programs the best they can be, and we don't give them what they need to be successful. That's what it's about. It's not a, nothing about me. It's nothing personal about me at all. I like every sport. I'm, I'm a basketball fanatic. I'm at every home game watching right there on the first floor. I'm there because I love it. I'm at softball games. I went to a tennis match. I'm at volleyball game, so it's not about Coach Magnus. It's about these young men and women that play these sports that deserve everything that they need to be successful, Charles. And they definitely were successful. And the home winning streak. I, I posted something on Twitter. We're in the top, uh, I think, in the top ten in terms of home winning streaks in the FCS. So protecting our house—that's something that that the Braves were able to do in beating Northwestern State. And to that point, Joshua R. Davis tweets, Coach, I like the home wing, oh, I like the home winning streak. I like the fact that uh, you're putting emphasis on protecting the house. Continued success, Coach McNair. We got two more shots at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, three. <laughs> yeah. Um, from the game, Coach, um, Go Braves tweets, uh, talk about the emergence of safety, Keyron Kinsler. He had a pick. Uh, he had a pick out there uh, the other day. Uh, talk a little bit about that. I tell you, this is this is a quiet assassin, Charles. He's a quiet assassin, man. I I made him a special team captain uh, this past week, and um, he got up in pregame and uh, he said his little streak as a pregame meal. So <laughs> I said, <laughs> I told him, I said, man, you gave me a paragraph. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that out of him. You know? he, if you know if you know this young man, Charles, he's very quiet on the football field. I mean. But he take care of his business. Uh, at the end of the game, we had to stop him on fourth down and and one. It was he and uh, I forgot the defensive end came up and he come flying down. All I see is a flash. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you, this guy he, he's a thumper, Charles. Yeah, he's a thumper. He's a great player too, Charles. A great man of guy. Yes sir, no sir. And this guy here, he's he's a baller. We appreciate that tweet coming in, Coach. From the injury front, of course, we didn't have uh, Stafford Anderson. What's his status going forward? Well, the biggest thing is getting these guys some treatment and getting them some rehab, man. That, that's the biggest thing we're missing out, Charles. We um, to get these guys back to the playing surface at a, at a amp enough time to to be able to do the things they're supposed to do. And um, supposed to have an update on my email uh, when I get back to the office from from Fred Word of the status of these young men. I know they got doctor's appointment coming up pretty soon uh, to check and see when they return to play, whether they be cleared to play or not uh, this coming week. Uh, but he's going to be a dynamic back for us, Charles, and uh, all these guys that's injured. Just if we can get those guys back to the playing service at amp time um, before the conference starts um, in another week, in two weeks, Charles, uh, I think it's going to be big for us. Um, but, you know, just to get those guys the proper amount of treatment 
and the rehab stuff that we need to get done to him. That's going to be very vital uh, for this football program. We saw Jonathan Bolton the other day, and he, he had some nice runs. But then I've been asked about Austin Bolton. What is his status? Well, Austin right now, he, he's out right now and, and um, with some other issues. Um, you know, it's, you know he, he's dealing with some things, some personal issues. Uh, and one of the things that he did, we may have a concussion. Uh, so um, mom, they came and visited me and just talked to him about him and his status of a concussion. I talked to her earlier. And so I uh, told her to get with Fred Word and see, the, see what the protocol will be. Uh, but I think she's taking him to her own, his own doctor back at home uh, to get him looked at. So, um, but he's a, he's going to be a great runner for us too, Charles. Once he get back in the swing of thing, man, and these are great kids, man. They 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 very manable. They they don't say too much, and the quiet ones, you know, they 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 very good, very good in the classroom and does everything the right way. So, so we're looking forward to getting him back to the playing surface as well. You know, going coming out of the central game. And I know we didn't have a show the last couple of weeks leading into that, and even last week, we were we were pretty banged up coming out of Atlanta, weren't we? We was, Charles, and and, and due to that, you know, and I, I told the coaches I'd never seen uh, so many guys land on the ground during the course of a game like we did in the interior front, whether it's offense and defense on both sides, everybody was just laying on the ground. And sometimes when you get tired and fatigued, you tend to fall and, and fall on each other a lot of time, and that, that creates injuries. But... Uh, significantly, you know, it wasn't no major, major stuff that, that went on, um, but just the, the, the meniscus and lit cartilage damage. But other than that, I think we came out pretty good as far as injury-wise uh, during the course of the game. But banged up, yes. So the biggest question in football, the biggest improvement that you make in football is between game one and game two. So we won game two. We beat Northwestern State. So break it down for us a little bit. The biggest improvements that you saw from North Carolina Central to Northwestern State, and I would say the special team play, Charles. We didn't give up a didn't give up a special team touchdown, and and Coach Powell's been doing a great job of of getting that special team stuff the right way, and we did a phenomenal job. And only if the guys do what they're supposed to do. That long run they had on the kickoff, ball placement was one, and then we outside the lane was another deal. So um, just those things that happened in that course of the game, but we didn't give up a touchdown. And that was a big improvement from, from game one to game two. And also, too, the, the defense was stingy on the rush. Um, you know, they, they were very stingy on the rush, and, and they, they played an exceptional well game. Quarterback sacks and, and hits, man, it was phenomenal just to watch those guys fly around uh, and make plays. And offensively, you know, we just kind of continue to harp on finishing drives. We got to continue to harp on finishing drives. And, and I think Coach Ratton and the staff will do a good job doing that. Uh, making sure that we get in the red zone and, and we, we finish it. Uh, so our punt and kickoff coverage is improved there. What about punt and kickoff returns, Coach? You've got Nico Duffy back there. You've got Manny Jones back there. You satisfied with, with the yards that we're getting on punt and kickoff returns? Yes, I am, Charles. Anytime that we can start at the 25 is good. A lot of times, you know, without the first catch in, you know, on kickoffs now, uh, you get the ball at the 25-yard line, and you can spot it on whatever hash you want it on. So, you know, anytime you're doing that and not being bagged up inside the 20 or the 15 on kickoffs, you're doing good. If you're on the 25, I mean, we got 75 yards <laughs> to go to pay dirt. Uh, punt return, Manny's doing a, uh, uh, not a great job, but some of the balls that could have been caught uh, for a catch, he letting them drop. We got we to gotta correct that. He's know, he knows that, Charles. And especially one of them, when I, when he went out there, I talked to him before he went out there. I said, if it's short, just come up and first catch it, but he let it hit, and it went inside the 10. Uh, so stuff like that is very correctable. And Manning, if anybody knows the best, if Manning knows best that, that uh, he got to make those catches in there. Um, I believe I, I know Paul Johnson's probably – is Paul Johnson still on hold? I know we've uh, we've had him on hold for a while trying to play catch-up. Is, is Paul there? He's still here. Okay, Paul. <laughs> Paul was – Patiently waiting. Uh, we really appreciate it. We're trying to play catch up here on a lot of different things. The last couple of weeks didn't have a show. So we appreciate you uh, holding on. Uh, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Charles? Hey, Coach. Hey, what's going on, Paul? Man, congratulations to you, your staff, and your team on that victory this weekend. You made us all proud. I tell you what, I couldn't be no proud of the young men, Charles, where they fought, man, and they didn't give up, and they kept fighting. Bama don't break rule, and they didn't they didn't break. So we come out with that victory. It was a good good victory for us. I did have a question, but uh, you answered it a bit early. 
earlier. My phone has been been <laughs> lit up today from from parents of, of players and alumni associated with the medical training. I, I can understand that. I mean, it's been it's been barbaric for me today too. And it was my plan to come on tonight to pose that question, but you addressed it. But what, what I but the comment I have is is you just need to know you have our full support. And I appreciate that, y'all. I mean, uh, Paul, I really appreciate that, man. So, so just, just, just know that. And from from the alumni that I know, we got your back. Yes, sir. All right, thank you, Paul. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Thank you for holding on so long, um, getting that in. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to turn our attention to USA, South Alabama, the Jaguars, as we play in Mobile, Saturday at 7 o'clock. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. You don't fight fair, so we'll just fight harder. We didn't come here to play around. You're going down. Honestly, I hate you. I'm stronger than you. I'm more determined than you. We're going to beat you, cancer. Because the American Cancer Society is on our team. And together, we're unstoppable. My name is John Calipari. I'm Roy Williams. I'm Jim Behan. I'm Tubby Smith. And I'm a coach versus cancer. Honey, what I think you need is a socket wrench. I played JV basketball. I'm sorry. I don't think it looks right. This is good, and it's all is good, it, baby. Is it really all good? If you love me enough to routinely test your handyman skills, not to mention the strength of your marriage, then of course you'll visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to make sure I'm in the right car seat. South Alabama, they're 2-0. and They beat USM 31-7, and they won 22-19 at the buzzer at Bowling Green. So, Fred McNair, we're going to be looking at Jake Bentley, uh, Utah transfer. 526 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and a pick. Let's start with the offense. And Jake Bentley, what do we expect? i tell you what, Charles, he's going to sling it all over the field, for one. You know, he's a big, tall, tall quarterback and uh, kind of remind you of um, the quarterback from Alabama and uh, Glass. Uh, Glass. Oh, he's he, no. he, he going to stand right there and sling it, Charles. <laughs> and, and also, too, he got two good receivers that he's going to throw to, uh, Lacey and Tobert. Uh, those guys got a big, tall guy. He got a a five ten guy that's gonna that's gonna be the speed guy in uh in Lacey and total the big six three one ninety one ninety pounds uh receiver that's gonna that's gonna cause a threat but the speed guy Lacey he <clears throat> goes to say use him in a lot of motion stuff uh, but they like to go to number eight um I think that the running back situations um with uh Avery and uh, Walker there you know they they gonna rush the ball both of them have at least thirty attempts a game. Uh, 30 attempts in two games. So, uh, but Avery's the man, number 25. And so their running attack, they had 33 yards rushing in the first half uh, in their game against Bowling Green, 72 yards per game rushing. So they don't uh, they don't particularly have an effective running attack, but you talked about it. They sling it all over the yard. And then defensively, Coach, they play a 4-2-5. We hear about 3-4. We hear about 4-3. What is explain to folks what a four-two-five is and the challenge in trying to attack it? Well, child, the biggest thing is it, it opposes uh, a lot of a lot of attention to your offense, and the things that you can do is very limited. But you know, just watching film on them today, you know, they got they got some guys that can make some plays. They got the leading tackle and Trey Young, uh, number four, um, also uh, number fifteen, Banks. Um, those guys they 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 they, they oppose the threats to us. Um, and tacklers, uh, but you know we we got to just make sure they're safeties. I'm sorry, safeties. Um, but you know they they come down in the box and make a lot of plays for them up front. They they kind of huge up front, um, and they got a number 48, the big old guy that um, in Johnson, Janaris uh, Johnson, <laughs> six foot two ninety five from yeah, uh, Gulfport. Yeah, he, he's a big kid, and uh, but he, he's going he's going to be pretty good for. Him. Uh, but we just got to make sure that we're doing things offensively uh, for the offensive line to 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 open up gaps and and be able to protect Felix on his passing plays and uh, 
think we got some things game plan that's going to work pretty good. Uh, just talking to Coach Radden and his staff earlier about some of the things that we can and cannot do against these people. So uh, we're just going to battle it out and see how it works out and, and kind of find some things that we can do and could do very consistently on, our, on offense. This team had 14 takeaways a year ago, 12 sacks a year ago. They have seven sacks and six takeaways through the first two games. Ball security is definitely the key because they, they really want you to turn it over. Yeah, they do, and I think USM threw it right to them a couple of times, uh, right in a bread basket, uh, you know, just holding on to the ball for one. Uh, that created a lot of sacks, too. Uh, they sacked Bowling Green uh, a few times as well. So um, just the idea that we have a, a young man that can get the ball out um, to the right guys in the amount of time, it's going to help us out a lot. I want to ask you this about recruiting. I know a lot of folks talk about recruiting in the different areas of the state. The Gulf Coast region. Now, I know for USM losing to South Alabama, that was a big loss because those two are rivals, 85 miles apart. But that's a huge recruiting uh, center down there. And, and I know USM gets a lot of kids from the coast, South Alabama, you know, FBS. That's a big, that's a huge deal, that particular game. But, of course, you've got Florida A&M, and, of course, we're, you know, we get kids from the coast. Talk about the recruiting, the fertile recruiting ground down on the Gulf Coast from Tallahassee all the way over to Pascagoula, Gulfport, Mobile. How is how is that area in terms of recruiting? It's good. Got a lot of good players down there, Charlie. A lot of big schools down there uh, from the Penhandle on back. Uh, you know, got a lot of big schools, especially on the coast. Uh, but everybody's picking those, picking and choosing out of those schools too as well. Uh, so what we do as a, as, a, as, a, as a recruiting school here in the state of Mississippi, once we get out and get on the road and start recruiting, we bang Mississippi JUCOs very hard for about four days. Uh, we hit those JUCOs, all 14 JUCOs in the state of Mississippi. We hit them really hard. And then we come back and take a whole week. We stay in the state of Mississippi for a week, about a week and a half, and recruit the whole Mississippi before we even venture out into our recruiting areas. Uh, for Florida, uh, Georgia, and Alabama, and all those places like that, Louisiana, Texas. Before we even leave, going to those designated areas, we hit Mississippi very hard, try to identify those young men that want to be at Alcorn first, uh, and those young men that have the ability to play football and excel in the classroom as well. Just wondering about how the, how the coast is in terms of just that fertile uh, re recruiting ground. Well, Coach, as we turn our attention here, the schedule gets a little tighter. Two games in 12 days. We got South Alabama on Saturday, and then our first game as a member of the SWAC's Western Division at UAPB on a Thursday night, nationally televised game. It's going to be interesting around here these next uh, couple of weeks, 12 days, 11 days, whatever it is, to get guys healthy, get them back upright, get some productivity going, and get some wins. Is especially This will be a good one, too, as we get ready uh, to go to Pine Bluff next Thursday. You're, you're exactly right, Charles. When you talk about uh, two games in 12 days, you know, we play uh, South Alabama at 7 o'clock on a Saturday. Uh, then we have to travel back late after the game, getting back. You're talking about getting game plans together, getting the kids up and ready to practice on a Sunday, uh, getting game plans together, and getting ready for Arkansas Pine Bluff game on Thursday night and leaving here on a Wednesday. So you just got Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday you travel, and Thursday you play a game. So, you know, you don't have as much time to for preparation as you normally do on the Saturday-Saturday game, you know. So uh, on the Saturday-Saturday game, you normally get the kids on Sunday off. Uh, then you come right back and start back up on Monday. But uh, this is something different. Uh, the course of the week, we'll, we'll have to practice on Sunday, and we'll, we'll have um, Friday off when we get back uh, for that week. So... Uh, just to understand the process of that and how it works in terms of um, the scheduling part of it. So uh, we got a lot of work cut out for us, Charles. We got to we got to be great at what we do as coaches, and it's going to be very vital that we be able to get the young men's back that's hurt um, in a very amped time uh, the way we should get them back. So it's going to be crucial. Speaking of, of trying to get guys back, Milburn, uh, how would you assess the center play? I, I, I tell you what, uh, Steve Carter and both Darius Smith did an outstanding job uh, with a guy in front of them, nose, uh, a zero nose in front of them, and the way we didn't have any miscommunication on the snaps uh, and things of that nature, but one when he snapped directly to to Nico, that was the only one. And I think he did that because the previous play before, he got into a pushing match with, a, with another defensive lineman. Uh, 
and that caused him to kind of lose focus on what he's supposed to do. But those guys did did great. Just to access their their, their game, uh, the way they played, I think they did a, a very good job of of maintaining that 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 uh, center position. Uh, hopefully, carry on through until Milburn come back. Finally, coach, we've seen some upsets in college football. We've seen some FCS teams like Jacksonville State beat Florida State. Uh, has that been talked about? Quite a few of those in the first couple of weeks of the season here. Uh, maybe we can be in that category and pulling off an upset. And you're, and you're exactly right, Charles. And uh, what we got to do is make sure we got a good game plan together and go into Mobile uh, with a mindset of uh, of coming out with a win. And you know, our expectation coming into this uh, this year was being able to be three and zero when going to the conference play. Uh, but we got a chance to be two and one uh, going into conference play now. So. Um, hopefully, you know, we get these guys together, rattle them up, and, and get ready to take a good good brand of football, an all-corn brand of football, down to Mobile and, and try to come out with this victory. We've seen in the swag, Bethune-Cookman gave UTEP a, a run for their money. Um, so that these things can and do happen. You know, we played USM a few years ago, played them tough, and so it can happen. I think we got to start fast, and, you know, this whole, this whole concept of 83 scholarships versus 85 versus 63, do you buy into that notion? I mean, it's, it is a fact. I mean, at our level, the FCS, we get 63 scholarships at the FBS, 85. And at the in these games, that, that depth kind of wears on you in the second half. Are you a believer in that? I don't know. They have like 22 more scholarships. They, they, <laughs> they, they, they can pull out a pool. You know, but, but I think once once it all boils down to, child, it's the product that you put on the field. Each team can't put 11 guys on the field at one time. And then who's going to put the best 11 out there is what's going to matter. And uh, hopefully, you know, by the time Saturday come, we'll have good we we'll have our good eleven against our good eleven and we'll go from there. Coach, we appreciate it and uh let's go get them. Thank you, Charles. Go Braves. That'll do it for the Fred McNair program here on this Monday night. This time next week we'll recap the South Alabama game on a very short week. We're gonna be looking at Doc Gamble's team in ten days as we head to Pine Bluff. But we'll recap South Alabama and look ahead to UAPB. That'll do it for the Fred McNair program. I'm Charles Edmond. Glad you can join us here on the Brave Sports Network. We'll talk to you again, same time, same bat channel, next Monday night. So long.